We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is True Faith Weekly Podcast. Rafa Benitez is the new manager of Newcastle United uh, for the foreseeable future. Get in. I'm Alex Hurst. I hope you enjoy the show. There are three uh, interviews or chats. Me, Simon Campbell, George Cook, Richie Smith and Margaret Shearer. Get in touch with us at TF Weekly Pod on Twitter. Um, plenty of you do. Really like to hear from Newcastle fans. Uh, we'll have probably a couple more shows throughout the summer leading up to pre-season and also we'll be doing quite a bit on the European Championships coming up. Uh, I'll get on with the show because I'm sure you just want to hear about one man and it's not me. It is the new manager of Newcastle United, Rafa Benitez. None of us thought it would happen originally. We all hoped it would happen. How are you feeling uh, about this news? I, <laughs> I was fully expecting some gag news coming in the next week or so because it's taking so long. Um, you just thought, hang on, how, uh, I know things looked good after Tottenham, but you just thought, nah, something's going to go wrong here. Charlie's involved, something's going to go yeah. wrong here. And to actually see, like, to see the news today and, and it's actually happening. I don't think I've ever been as buzzing as a, <laughs> as a Newcastle fan, and there's been some like there's been some in my lifetime some really good moments to be tuned fan, but I just don't think I've ever been as excited as I am now, which is mental before a season in the Championship, which we've already done before in the last like six years. But nonetheless, it's uh, I, I I'm kind of speechless almost still, and it's, it's six hours on. Which is more likely, Newcastle winning every single game next season, or Newcastle not conceding a goal? really shied out on both of them now <laughs> um, I, I, I think there's a really good chance we could go unbeaten who's going to beat Rafa Benitez in Newcastle in the championship I just, nobody 
just a bit of a disclaimer. Calm down, idiot football fans of other clubs who are listening. Like, we're just joking. Just chill out, Sunderland fans. And Sunderland Football Club, of course, welcome. Um, just We're just joking. We're, still, we're going to smash it, obviously. We're going to get promoted and win the league. But uh, there is a chance we might concede a goal. A small one. Well, that's it. I mean... <laughs> I mean, I know, I know you've probably uh, talked about his press conference and stuff already, but... Um, in the I, future, side, that is in the future of the podcast. <laughs> oh, that, that's coming after this chat. That's coming up, <laughs> well predicted. Ah, <laughs> oh, the beauty of uh, technology. <laughs> um, well, you'll go on to see some of, uh, some of his press conference. And yeah, just, when you see Rafa saying things like, I believe we can win trophies at this club, you actually believe him, you actually think, you know what, within three years, we can have a really good chance of winning the trophy. Yeah, his previous incumbents like Pardew and McLaren have said the same thing you know oh, we'll have a cup run we'll, we'll see if we can get a cup and, and finish in the top half but you kind of thought no. with these jokers it's going to take a miracle <laughs> for that to happen but with Rafa you just think if he stays long enough it'll happen and uh, you know it, it, when he says well, I think we can win a trophy you just think A it, it wouldn't just take a miracle it would be absolutely deserved if we, if we get there and if, if, if he sticks on long enough and no gags happen so yeah, I, I've just never been to Berlin. I know it's going to be a class couple of years now. Oh, I, I totally agree. And it's it, I just can't wait for the season to start and get back in the corner and just get singing and and watch some goals and some wins and we'll we'll smash it, man. He, he's too good a manager not to not to walk this league. Um, the stuff I mean, we'll talk about it later, but the stuff he. He says about you know complete control over transfers. It's just it's just nice to see everyone buzzing. You mean when's the last time that anything happened in Newcastle United, where like everyone, the whole fan base, which has been absolutely crippled for the last eight years and beyond that as well, everyone's just buzzing. Like everyone's just got a smile on their face. Like it's just it's just mint. What a, what a man is it? Like as if one man could could do so much for a region. <laughs> It's just absolutely I love, class. I love that it's reciprocal as well. I love that part of the reason he's here is because he is so loved and he appreciates that and he knows that it's like that this means so much to us and he wants to almost repay that. You wouldn't get anything like that from any of the other idiots. Again, like we could list them all day <laughs> apart from Keegan in the last uh, last 15 years. Like what, what would any of those jokers even come close to? Attempting to reciprocate the love or get that kind of love from the fans. Definitely. Where do you think? Uh, where do you think he's going to have to strengthen the most uh, in regard to positions of the squad? Do you think a striker is key? The defence, midfield. Um, I mean, there's a whole summer to think about this sort of stuff. Uh, to be honest, I think up front, I'd, I'd rather just see the back of Mitrovic <laughs> and just him go and say, right, let's go and get. 20-25 goals in the championship striker like I don't know like Jordan Rhodes or something or someone of that kind of proven someone who's not an idiot which I think the rich is yeah. I think the striker is quite important uh, it, it really obviously depends who we keep a hold of um, I'd like to see in Bemba's day with him you could trust almost any half decent player Lascelles will be fine like that's a that's a perfectly adequate centre half pair and I think for the championship yeah um, we need a left back, obviously. Uh, Jan Matt will go, so we need a right back. I don't see a need to stick around, and if he does, I'd still rather he didn't play. <laughs> um, so, yeah, full backs are going to be an issue, but you know, you can get full backs a bit cheaper in the championship, I'm sure. Um, yeah, honestly, striker to me is still. We've needed one for over a year, so it hasn't really changed. 
Yes, I totally agree. Um, I think that's about it for for you. We'll we'll, we'll let you get back to packing uh, for your your house move. Uh, well, enjoy your future chats with the other yes. and uh, enjoy listening to the <laughs> podcast uh, right. uh, interview. Cheers! Thanks very much, Si. All right, in a bit. Uh, I'm Alex Hurst, joined on the line today by. Uh, Richie Smith and George Cook who are both uh, podcast contributors uh, hello lads you in? alright so massive okay. uh, it's going very well it's going very well uh, the news that we've kind of all braced ourselves to expect um, broke quite rapidly today um, at the start of the day it was still being mooted uh, that Newcastle would confirm Rafa Benitez by the end of this week Fortunately, uh, Newcastle announced the news, I think, about 20 to 7 officially, though several media outlets um, got the news out there today um, ahead of ahead of the official announcement. And Rafa Benitez, the bloke who was managing Real Madrid uh, less than five months ago, will be managing Newcastle United in the Championship. And I, for one, am delighted. I'm sure you two lads are as well. Um, we'll jump straight in. Richie, how the hell has this happened what do you think Charlie has, has done to, to convince Rafael Benitez to manage this 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 mental club in England's second tier? It's a really strange uh, scenario, to be honest. It, it almost feels like Benitez was never actually our manager up until recently. The way it's been broke, the hype over it, it almost has the same feeling, if not bigger, um, <clears throat> to when the, the news was announced back in back in March that he was coming to Newcastle I think uh, what that what that showed that the kind of the, the disbelief by a lot of Newcastle fans that Benitez had, had became manager just just in itself in itself explained that the I guess two things one the, the, the profile of this bloke but secondly the fact that <clears throat> the way Newcastle United has been run so poorly for so many years they, pus- they, pu- they just couldn't possibly uh, you know, uh, attract the manager of that stature. Um, where do we find ourselves now? Well, you know, I know I'll keep, keep this podcast as positive as, 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 it, as it should be, but I really haven't had the chance to really vent my absolute disdain at the just idiots that have been uh, got us into this position. And it, it does still make us feel a bit sexy and leech on me stand there shaking hands with Rafa almost taking the award uh, for the second time when I just think you know this you know over over qualified over promoted Ashley Oslinger has uh, uh, just caused a, a long slow uh, painful relegation for Newcastle and I'm, and I'm, I'm still uh, disgusted that, that, that that bloke is still being uh, allowed to have some, some sort of uh, senior position in the club um, I'll not go on too much longer about the negative side, but I think I think what we've seen as far as why this has happened, I think relegation in itself has been a big slap in the face for Ashley and Charlie. I think they've uh, eventually, eventually eaten a big slice of humble pie, and, and, and uh, although they haven't uh, publicly admitted it, I think they've, they've probably said between themselves behind the scenes, uh, we've, we've, we've had it all wrong, we've got it all wrong, uh, this is why we are where we are. All the all the things that we thought were the right decisions to be making, we got the majority of them all wrong. The one decision I've got right is bringing in arguably the the, the, the biggest and best manager Newcastle United has ever had in its history, and 
in the in the in the weeks that uh, the final weeks before we got relegated, I think we we, we clearly we clearly saw the, the effect Benitez uh, had on uh, a really poor football football team, and I think Charlie has realised that Newcastle's best chances of getting promoted next year is convincing the bloke to stay, but also throwing everything that he wants to, to convince him to stay, and that's, that's the crucial bit. It wasn't a um, it, it was a uh, it would have taken a lot of convincing. It would have taken a lot of, um, as I say, eating humble pie and, and, and kind of uh, passing the power on. And uh, I, you know, I'm absolutely delighted that it's happening. And I think it's just exciting times, really exciting times for the club. George, just a, a little bit more on that from you. And, and um, Richie's mentioned Lee Charney's position there being he's, it, it's some miracle how that man is still in a job. And um, as much as McLaren, uh, Pardew and Carver were all absolutely desperate and enthralled to the club. Um, the tables have been turned, and now Charlie is you know Charlie's fate rests with Benitez. If if Benitez had, had not um, signed, had walked away, there would have been an open mutiny, particularly against Charlie Ashley as well. How do you think, uh, George? In your opinion, how the hell is Lee Charlie, you know, who managed to absolutely Negotiate uh, every single transfer he's been involved in has been a disaster. Um, so he's he's no great negotiator. How do you think he's convinced Rafa to stay? Well, I think um, you talk about him negotiating transfers. I think we've obviously gone to clubs and said we'll pay this much, and then they've said no, we're looking for this much, and they won't negotiate. Uh, you know, they won't give that extra million or two million to get a deal done. Um, and they're complacent, you know, how we lost Remy to QPR and stuff like that. But so just proved in, in, either inexperienced or incompetent or just downright stupid, which I'm probably betting on the latter. Um, I think with John Lee, this time, he's had no he's had no power. Rafa is happy to walk away. I mean, he can see it's an opportunity. He's a smart man, he's a footballing man. But really, John Lee's had to come cap in hand and said, look, you stay and you can have everything, take the pressure off me, you know, take take control of all this stuff, let me go and back to, you know, sorting out the first team's kits, and I'll, um, you know, let you do all the football stuff. But, I mean, for me, it's, it's, he just had no bargaining power. Before, when he's trying to buy a player, he's in the situation where, right, well, we won't pay it then. Because he doesn't really affect him, because he's clueless. He doesn't know that not getting that striker, not getting that defender, not getting that left-back, is going to you know affect the bottom line in the, the financials from the pitch. Um, this time, I think he's realised. Well, I'm probably gone. Um, I probably get sacked. Um, I won't get a job anywhere else. Certainly not in football. So he think, I think he's probably gone. Like Rafa, help me out here. You know, I'll give you. I'll give you this. I'll give you that. I'll give you this. And Ashley's obviously uh, the one thing about Ashley could say is he does give the decisions over to who he employs. Now, he, he wrongly employs awful, awful, awful people. Uh, Joe Kinnear and Dennis Wise and, you know, so he, he, he's, he's not got a talent for that, but at least when he does employ someone, he lets them get on with it and he's quite forgiving um, to his detriment. But I'm not defending Ashley here, but I'm just think you know, he's given Charlie this job and for some whatever reason he hasn't sacked him. But... Um, I think Charlie. I think Charlie's just given him his balls. I think he's just said to him that Rafa, I'm help me out. Stay. I'll give you this. I'll give you that. He's probably on his knees. 
please, please stay. Um, I can't, that's all he can be, and I think Rafa's probably got everything, and he's made a big show of how he has got that power, he's got things in writing, he's no fool, he's obviously seen, you know, things with Keegan and um, Jonas, so... I think he's he's covered himself. So I mean, if if they start reneging on stuff, then Rafa will, will probably walk and then take him to the cleaners. But so just just to just just to jump in there, and um, it, it does make me wonder. And, and I and I hinted, uh, and I had a, a fairly reasonable level of confidence that that Benitez was going to stay, even if we did go down, just based on a lot of the. Uh, just based on a lot of the investigatory work that he was doing on the academy and you know things yeah. that, so things, things that, that were like in, in the midst of a relegation battle you, you wouldn't you wouldn't naturally get to get involved or, or, or spend time looking at those things if you weren't serious about looking at this as a long-term project and I do I do wonder actually how much has Charlie and Ashley had to do that, that persuasion how much of it is actually just Benitez Still seeing this the same the same way he saw it on day one when he took the job as a club with massive potential. Um, he, he, he knew that they were in a, a very risky position when he took the job first time round, and, and, and that, and that uh, there was a, a danger of going down. How much of it is just actually just Benitez saying, "You know what? I'm prepared to stop on. I'm prepared to carry this through the same in the same way that I wanted to when I put the job on um, a, a few months back. Just simply just give us just give us what I want." And, and, I, and, I, and I don't know, based on that, I'm not sure how much begging and pleading there has to have that there's been, you know, that the fans have done their bit, but I think, you know, the way I'm looking at this is, is that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's Benitez has still had the hunger, had the desire to, to take the job on, it's just needed to, to get, to get uh, you know, to get those demands, uh, uh, to get those demands passed his way. Well, I suppose technically he, he did, he had his contract, didn't he? So, I guess yeah. all he's done is not exercised his break clause. Uh, for us going down so I guess all these, yeah, as you say I think you're right I think they've just stood out of his way they probably just he's assessed it he's, he's, he's had his own people look at it he's looked at it he's got the legal side done and he's just gone yeah I'll stay and you know yeah. sort of stay out of my way I want this this and this sign that well, I think what we'll do now is have a listen to the Benitez press conference from earlier today um, see exactly what he said and then me and the guys will jump back in afterwards to discuss it's not important for me, to be fair, it seems day one in my relationship with Lee Charlie has been really good and I am really pleased working with him. So I haven't seen any problem in terms of when I was asking for something, they were trying to give me what they wanted. And in this case, when we were talking about uh, the future, they were quite positive. So really pleased for that because uh, it seems for me that uh, everything is uh, doing in the football way and I'm a football man. So for me, that is uh, really, really important. The club have said they're delighted to have agreed to deal with a world-class manager. It's clear to see what Newcastle United get. To what extent are you putting your reputation on the line though by extending it? Again, I would say if I decide to stay because I am sure that um, we can be where we belong, but at the same time, we have to work hard. So we cannot say we are 
a massive club and then we will be next year in the Premier League. It's not like this. We have to work hard, we have to uh, do things in the way that we did before. Be professional, be serious, uh, train well, uh, prepare every single game like a final and be sure that we are strong enough to beat uh, anyone, but uh, at the same time we have to work harder than anyone. What's the goal left for coming in? For me it's a challenge because, uh, as you say, I have a reputation, but uh, I have been in football all my life, I won some trophies, so now it's uh, time to have a, a project, a new project, a, a new challenge, and because I can see uh, the possibilities, I can see uh, the, the size of the club and, and what means the fans or even the press, because uh, you are you are a lot, and then you are always uh, following the team. I can see that it's uh, massive, everything around, and I want to be part of that. To be successful, do Newcastle United have to emerge next season? To be successful, we have to do well. Uh, that is football, and you cannot guarantee things. But uh, if I am here again, I would say it's because I am convinced that uh, we can uh, go up next season and stay for, for uh, a long time in the Premier League and even win trophies. Rafa, in the last 10 days, was it a question of needing the assurances that you would have the full control you required, or was there always a possibility that a, a Champions League club, for instance, could come along and, and tempt you away? I have had uh, a lot of um, advice from a lot of people, uh, but um, again, the main thing for me has been to see what I saw these uh, uh, weeks, the fans behind the team, and I would say sorry again, the press, uh, behind the team, uh, the staff, everybody here trying to help. My family telling me, listen, I tell you have to stay. So a lot of positives and uh, when I saw that and after talking uh, with Lee, I can see that I can work with him and I, we can do good things for, for the club and the future. You were photographed at lunchtime walking past the statue with Sir Bobby Robson. Did you, is there a sense that you're really looking to build something here over a, a decent period of time? Many sort of managers don't get these days. Yeah, I would like to do it. Obviously, uh, I would like to be close to him. That would be uh, fantastic. But uh, at this, uh, as I said before, it's, uh, we have to start working. When I finish the press conference, I will start working, and that is the way. So we can be uh, big if uh, we work harder than the others. And the championship does that hold any fears for you? It's a horrible league to try and get out of. No, I think it's a. I don't know which number is the championship in in terms of um, business in in the world. It's, it's one of the strongest league, obviously. What I would say is a, it's a challenge because it's uh, very difficult. I know that uh, you have uh, good teams and intensity, and some stadiums are quite difficult too. So we know it's a challenge. We know that it's uh, an exciting uh, league, and at the same time, we know that we have to be ready. So we need experience. We need the everybody ready and we need the support of the fans because uh, it would be crucial, it was crucial in the last game and I'm lucky but uh, I think it would be crucial in the next season too. And because you're staying, do you think it's more likely that some of the club's bigger name players might stay rather than leave? What I have in terms of, you were asking me about the assurances, what I have is the, the conviction and the assurances that uh, if uh, I don't need to sell any player, if I don't want to sell any player, sorry, I don't need to sell any player so we can keep all the players if we want. So that was the Newcastle United manager, uh, Rafa Benitez. A uh, couple of things I'll, I'll come to you f- first with, George. Um, probably the most interesting thing he had to say 
is that he does not have to sell a single player if he doesn't want to and that is, I think that's probably the first time in relegation history in the modern era that that any Premier League club and I, I don't doubt his, um, his credibility on that by the way I don't think it's bullshit um, I don't think any Premier League club has ever been in that position before um, and also it, 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 it bodes really well moving forward so like, do you think well first of all I'll ask, I'll ask you um, George who do you think he will let go and who would you like to keep him you know have, have him, have him uh, stay around for next season I think um, it's clever to say that as well because you're um, you know you're keeping the value to the players you know clubs are going to come in and offer silly amounts that are lower than what the player's worth and if you know people are thinking oh well, Rafa Benitez is there and he can he says we're keeping them then you know that's going to that's going to strengthen the value um, it's difficult because it depends how he wants to play now he could get rid of players that have not necessarily done much wrong not that that does apply to anyone but I was thinking more of the injured or the younger players he could be looking to just keep players that fit his system like say Shelby may not fit his system because he you know he likes to have the holding midfielders that you know protect the back four keep it tight you know don't try and do anything fancy and Shelby might not meet that but he might look to incorporate what we've got it's hard, it's hard to say personally I think he'll get rid of it's sensible to get rid of the higher earners or the ones that hold value. I mean, I think Wijnaldum will be gone. Uh, I think that's he's probably still worth something. Um, although in terms of him trying to keep players, I think how many of our squad could realistically go and play for a club with a better manager than Rafa Benitez? Oh, none of them. None of them at all. Because <laughs> he's one of the best managers in the world. So Yeah, was it, he's managed four of the, the top 20 or four of the top ten, so I should say, um, clubs in Europe on the ranking. So that sort of tells you uh, everything you need to know about Rafa. So I, I, I think I'll just clear out. I mean, I've got on. I've written a list, and I think Colaccini, Wijnaldum, Anita, Cisse, Gufran, Taylor, Riviere, Falvin, and then obviously you've got like Diggy Romano, Vukic, Amiobi, players like that. Um, That's a pretty long list. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, but I mean, at the same time, there's a lot of those players who um, have been either nowhere near the first team for some yeah. time, or, or, or simply, um, you know, are, are coming to the end of their contracts, or who just literally have, have uh, can even at championship level, you've got to debate whether how, how good they are. I mean, my um, my viewpoint on this is that you've got to be careful because. Um, there's a big danger of uh, just making Newcastle a championship team and if we got promoted you know you, you, don't, you don't want to be going to the Premier League with like a, a solid core of a, of, a, of, a, of a good championship team and, and that you just run the risk of becoming a yo-yo club you, you've got to if, if, if Newcastle have got the financial uh, power that, that it seems that they have got you know they're on a five financial but something that they don't desperately need to sell players you know it, it, do, you, do you want to keep Actually, a, a very much Premier League feel to the to the side, but just adding some players in and, and, and getting rid of the deadwood, if you like, so that if we do go up ne- uh, next season, you, you, you've got that you know at least a, a Premier League quality base that that, 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 that you can that you can build on. And I think you, you know as, as you said, Alex, it's, 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 
the, the other club, other clubs that go down, they're forced to they're forced to clear out. They turn themselves into a championship side, even if they get promoted, they they go up with a championship with a championship team, and then they, they just run the risk of coming straight back down. Um, so I just think we need to, you know, that that just needs to be uh, be, be, be kept in mind. Yeah, no, I totally agree, and uh, I I probably disagree with you a little bit, George. I, I think he want he'll try and keep as many players. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm talking the first team is is Stephen Taylor probably Cisse, um Teote maybe uh, obviously yes, Sam De Jong, um, Cabela, Tovan, and and the other players you mentioned who are nowhere near the first team. He he will shed that dead weight and reinvest. But in t- in terms of the the players who I mean, let's talk about them now. I know you want to you want you want to get into it, George. Anyway, yeah, big names as it were. Um, Wijnaldum has come down with ten Premier League goals from midfield. I think only Kevin Nolan and Lauren Robert in like since Robert Lee in nineteen ninety seven. This could be bullshit. I was just racking my brains today though. Have scored ten goals in a season for Newcastle from midfield, which is quite an achievement. Obviously, that doesn't even begin to tell the story of how horrifically bad he's been this season. But you know, you've got you've got Winyaldum, uh, Jan Matt, uh, Sissoko. Any more? Uh, possibly one more. The, the Chronicle today thought that Tim Krull maybe. Tim Krull's a, a good shout. The, the Chronicle thought four players. I've named three. I can't remember who the other one was, but the four Perry players. And Bemba. No, no, not the young players, but you know, four players they thought would fetch at least forty million, which I thought was a bit. Townsend, I think, was a. Townsend will be it. Yeah, that that they the the chronicle reckon that that would that would fetch forty million. Benitez has a transfer budget of about forty million already, which is substantial for the championship, Um, and further player sales would all be reinvested back into that. In my opinion, if if Benitez could definitely keep hold of Townsend and Sissoko. Maybe even when Yaldam and, and Yama, I think he will because those players. Let's let's ignore. I know it's hard. But let's ignore how they played under previous managers and look at their performances under Benitez. When Yaldam's the only one who you'd say even under Benitez was was useless, apart from his performance on the final day. Um, the other, I mean, Yama didn't really get a look in because he was he's been injured pretty much the whole time um, under under Benitez. And then you you know you've got um, Townsend and Sissoko who were the, the two best players. Uh, I think he'll keep everyone together. You mentioned Colaccini there, George. He's a real tough one because we've just given him a new three-year deal last year with enhanced terms. I think he's going to be very hard to get rid of. I'd, was it, was it I'd actually keep him. I'd keep Colaccini, personally. But I think uh, who Rafa might get rid of, um, I think probably the wages. and It depends if Colaccini wants to stay, doesn't it, really? Well, this, 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 is, this is the concern I've got. So, we, you know, you've, you've rattled through a few players there. and the, what, what we're seeing with some of these players is, ability-wise, you know, with some of them, it, it can't be questioned. It's application, attitude. And I do... The, my biggest worry is that, <clears throat> do these players want to be playing the championship? Will we will we be basically saying the same things about them next year if we keep, keep a hold of them that... You know they, they don't they, they don't apply themselves in games. They go missing. They have one good game every five or six fixtures because simply they have not got the mindset, the the willingness and the attitude to actually say right. You know we're we're, we're almost together. Um, it's not where it's not where we want to be, but you know we, we, we get ourselves into this position. And, and I, you, you you've got the question. You've got the question that that is not a big risk with the likes of Sissoko and Wijnaldum and, and, and Yamat where. Um, you know when when 
in, in the Premier League, their, their attitude has not been what it, what it, what it should be. And, and that is the, that is a dilemma. It's, it's, it's that balance of you don't want, you don't just want to cut you know your your your, your biggest your, 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 your the players with the most talent in the team. But a lot of those players that we talk about and reference as being having the most talent are the ones who simply don't have the right attitude. And I, and I, I think that is the big the big dilemma that that, that Benitez will, will will be facing. I agree to an extent. Um... Obviously, we've disagreed a little bit over the, the season there, but about to I'd love to see him stay. I think the way Benitez had him playing, um, he would absolutely ruin the championship. Wijnaldum's a more difficult one because because he's... I agree. Um, Sissoko, for me, I, I mean, I'm in, I I like Sissoko. I think um, I agree with you on that, Alex. We've, we've got that in common. Yeah. Um, I think, for me, it's telling that Rafa came in, he assessed the squad... He made the same captain. He, he moved him into the most influential spot on the pitch. He um, he talked about how important he was in the dressing room. And you know, certain players just do give off this kind of lazy, kind of uninterested vibe. Like his, his personality, how he looks on the pitch. He just, even though he's you know clocked as one of the fastest players, you know, in the Premier League the last few years, he just doesn't look like he's he's doing that. But under Rafa, you know, you did see in the last stretch. You know, breaking a sweat, he was getting up and down, he was getting across the pitch, and I just don't think you saw that from other players. So at least with Sissoko, I think well, Rafa's got a response from him, so that's that's positive. Whereas I didn't see that from you know Wijnaldum, yeah. and I'm willing to give sort of Yanmat a pass as well because last season, I mean, um, he was the player that people were saying should be captain. He's the one that cared about the team, like. At Southampton, when I was um, unfortunately there again to watch Newcastle lose, there was a 4-0. Um, all the players retreated down the tunnel. Uh, Yama alone walked across to the way fans and applauded, you know, and he won a lot of credit for that. So, I, you know, he's, he's, he's not been great this season by any stretch, but I, d- I don't sort of have a problem with him. I agree um, with that. Just, I'm pleased you've raised that because I'm baffled by the, the hatred of Yama. Yeah. The right side of our defence has not been the issue this season. It really uh, hasn't. Not not that, not that he's player of the year or anything like that, but I know he fell over against Southampton and then punched yeah. the wall, which was stupid. But uh, I'd, I'd love to see him stay. Uh, the, again, the Chronicle made a good point today. If they could get seven or eight million pounds for Yamar and reinvest it in other areas of the pitch, because you're right back, you know you can you can buy other decent right backs and you know yeah. for, for yeah. the team. So yeah, if he stays great, but he's probably one that Rafa. I mean, Anita played well I, I, there. So I have to say that about every player. I think it, I think it's less about who we should try and sell and stuff, and we should just see sort of what did what offers come in. And um, you know, maybe not sell more than four or five. But if you get a stupid offer in for Shelby, you sell him. If you get a stupid offer in for Townsend, then sell him. You know, I'd like to keep Townsend, but if you know, it's about reinvesting the money into the areas that need it. Is, is, is the danger not here, though, lad? That we're, we're all of a sudden given almost every player and a, a pass in the, in the side without there being any sort of accountability of how dreadful this season's been and, and, and how dreadful in the grand scheme of things some of these players have been for, for a lot longer than one season yeah. and, and, I, and, I, and I just think that there is, there is no, no matter how well we did at the end of the season and, and, maybe, and maybe, maybe that's a case in point to say that that, that is changing 
there is a there is a losing mentality in that in that side, and I've got no doubt that that Benitez can can can, can change that round to to an extent. But we have got players who first game after game after game have have, have shown that they have, they're not they're not winners. That they're not they're not they're not players who when the chips are down will will battle back. I know that we've seen glimmers of that in 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 in, in Rafa's last games, but I just feel like it's. It's very easy now, now that Benitez has been appointed, to suddenly say, oh, you know, actually, you know, all these players, are, they'll, they'll be great, let's just go a lot of them, uh, without, you know, when, literally a few weeks ago, the, the, the tune was very different, the tune was, you know, it's time, it's time to shift these players on, and, and um, I, I just, I, I am concerned by just literally saying, let's just let's just keep all these players who, 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 who essentially got us in the position that we, in a, that we find ourselves in. Well, I think it goes back to the amount of injuries we always get and not strengthening like defence and playing positions like that. We never have enough healthy competition in our squad. I think with that competition, you know, you say keep the players but bring in new players and then have those players and the old ones that, you know, we, we question whether they've got the desire to fight for their position. So, you, you know, you bring in another right back and you, stay, you say, yeah, mate, you stay in. We've not had an offer for you, like you know, we all stay, and so we brought in this other guy. You know, you you have to fight out. It's not your position. It's whoever proves themselves, and and so on throughout the team. I mean, I mean, Arms obviously Armstrong's going to come back next season, and he's obviously going to fancy in the championship to start up front. He's got you know his record from from Coventry, and to me, there's nothing between him and Mitrovic because. I don't. I don't rate. Um, um, Armstrong is going to get a, a four-game head start at the start of the season. Yeah, unfortunately. exactly. So say he gets the ground, hits the ground running, and the, you know the the, uh, the fixtures out for the championship yet? No, it'll be June no, June twenty second. Say we get say we get a nice run of games at the start, and Armstrong plays, um, and he you know scores a few. Then Mitrovic's got to get into that team, a team that he wasn't even in at the end of last season. Um, so I think you keep the and the other the other position is the goalkeepers. I mean, how I see it is there's all this love for Rob Elliott, but surely he's our third choice keeper next season. All of them stay. Uh, I think. I think. Uh, <laughs> I agree, but uh, as Richard said before, I think. I think Tim Quill's got to be off and I'm not too fussed if he goes I think he's a really good keeper by the way but I'm just like you just alluded to there I'm just sick and tired of injured Newcastle players yeah. like, I would just get rid of anyone who's been consistently injured I, I even include Rolando Aaron as that I'm just sick of them being injured yeah. like it's boring having a full yeah. like team worth out of injured players so I'd get rid of Quill I mean yeah, it's a bit harsh because he, he picked up a proper injury same as Rob Elliott on international duty but yeah. Krull's been I don't think we've had a full season out of Krull since 11-12 injury wise he's just picked up too many injuries so I'd get him away but just bringing it back to what Richie was saying before about you know how should we feel as fans with the players that let us down so badly and I suppose it applies to Charney and Ashley as well and the, the weirdest thing for me to get my head around, and I'd love to I'd love to be behind closed doors and listen to those conversations with um, Charnley and Rafa and, and um, Rafa and Ashley because before the last Premier League home game, any listeners out there might have seen me or Ben uh, around the world on Premier League TV, not in England though, <laughs> doing an interview before the, the game for, for Premier League TV with Rob Scanlon. And um, we, we found out that 
uh, the, you know, basically what everyone thinks the club has run uh, internally, staff-wise, on an absolute shoestring. I think Arsenal's um, PR and marketing department has something like 37 employees. Newcastle's has three. Um, the, this is the club of Wonga. This is the club of no food for the press. This is the club of banning the Newcastle United Supporters Trust for for no real reason. We could we could go on, couldn't we? About all these things, and it's is is this it, lads? I'll, I'll come to you first, Richie. Is this a new start for Charlie and Ashley? You, you've got plenty of people out there who said they'd never go back to this club while while Ashley was in charge. Is this? the start of a bright new future or are you a little bit more cautious, cautious than that because I, I personally can't I just can't see Rafa Benitez working for a club um, that re- that refuses to give um, start, uh, the press free food on principle which is mental so, so where, where do you start on this one Richie? I think it would be completely naive of any supporter not to have an element of um Anxiety and reticence that um, things have completely changed for the better. I, I just think it's impossible to when you. This is not. This is not like a season of a of a club making mistakes. This is this is years of of, of, of it happening, and <clears throat> not just that, but the people making those mistakes really taking no accountability for them. Um, really, kind of almost smug in the, in the sense that they feel like they, they're doing things the right way despite it all the improvement that it's, it, 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 it hasn't been so I, I just think it'd be completely um, amateur of, of us just to, just to suddenly think that but now that Benitez has came and he's been um, granted his demands that, that, that things have uh, that things have definitely turned around for good however um, I think what we're seeing is the very fact that on the face of it and I'll make a point about saying on the face of it that Benitez has effectively got these idiots to to, to to completely go back on their on their blueprint of what they how they felt the football club should be run by for a couple you know many, many different levels but the main ones being um, having a structure of uh, you know someone else scouting and buying the players uh, with the manager having very little to to know input into who they are. Um, signing those players with on the basis of um, not necessarily being a, a, a value add to the actual squad but, but more so for their potential sell on value um, the fact that Benitez has came in and on the face of it again I'll emphasise that after phrase has gotten to actually scrap that is so telling because one thing that Mike Ashley hasn't done in all in, in, in over the past few years has has essentially admitted that he's wrong and, and that and that you know that football people need to make the football decisions um, and it feels like that corner uh, looks like it, it, it's been it's been turned um, I think as well the, 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 I think relegation for the second time round um, has, has has been that big slap in the face for both for Ashley and Charlie, but probably more, more, like a lot more so. Actually, to think that he can't, he can't keep on going on the way the, the, the club can't keep on going the way that the, the way that they've been going because it's, it's, it's proved to be a failure. And I think they realise and recognise that Benitez is not just a man who is a top class manager. 
he's someone who can galvanise and genuinely make change on so many more levels than just a first team playing squad. He's, he's got the credentials, he's got the he's got the history, he's got the personality, he's got the know-how, he's got the stature to to be able to change so many levels of failure that 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 that, that there are at Newcastle United. And I think they've said, you know, we could go out, we could go and we could go and get the Roberto Di Matteo, we could go and get a Nigel Pearson, and we could go and you can get like David Moyes. None of them, none of them really can actually have the full set of qualifications, know how and expertise that this man can can bring. And um, so I, what I would say is that the signs do look positive that that there's been that that, that there is a big change. And um, however, as ever, I will I will tread with caution. Yeah, well said, George. Where do you stand on this one? I think Richie covered that pretty well there. Um, I think that when um, you know when Kinnear famously came in and he said, "I can pick up the phone to anyone," huh. and you know it was, it was incredibly embarrassing. Um, but we, if you know Rafa, Rafa could genuinely pick up the phone to yeah. anyone. Like we, he's unlocked the possibility of you know phoning up a, 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 a you know a really big club, a Barcelona. A, an Inter Milan, whoever, and and sort of doing a deal like you know when uh, you you can you can foresee us finally getting you know bigger big bigger players you know like Everton got De, De La Feu from Barcelona on like you know players like that that would come because they go well Rafa Benitez our players are going to improve under him and you know they can play at, at the Championship level so you know that's another avenue and I just think. It, it, it's, it's unbelievable really because I don't think Newcastle have ever had a manager of this calibre and with the fact that he has no links to Newcastle whatsoever is even more impressive because obviously you know Bobby and um, Keegan had, had links to the city and Rafa doesn't so he's come here on merit he's come here kind of believing what we all believe that we the media you know the southern media really likes to rain on that you know we are a big club there's a, it's a you know sleeping giant huge possibilities of you know the infrastructure of the club to, to, to do something and we all yeah. say it and finally a man like that has recognised it and can I, can, I, can I just come in there George on something that you just said before with yeah. that very important very important point that in Rafa Benitez you've got a manager who will be able to have the ability of the profile and the um, the credentials and, and just all-round likability to be able to attract a much, much higher calibre of player to, to, to play in a championship than any other manager could. Yeah. You know, in, in, in Benitez, I've genuinely got confidence that he could, he could attract similar players to, to, to who lower-level Lower, lower half Premier League teams would be would be looking after would, 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 be, would be going after based on who he is. If, you know, if you're if you're a footballer and you're you're looking to come to England or you're looking to you know you're looking to be part of a club, sit down sit down in a room with Benitez for half an hour an hour and you can just imagine at the end of it he will have your mind made up. And I think yeah. that's crucial here. I think I think coming into the the whole uh, the whole case about. Benitez having full control of the transfers. It's not just about him saying, picking players that he wants. It's so much more than that. It's actually having the, 
the actual pulling power to you know for, for that for for that player not, not to go and have a sit down with Lee Charlie and Lee Charlie to, to paint the vision of the club yeah. and actually give 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 Benitez the chance to sit down with that player and convince them that you know play for us for it in the championship there's a big future ahead and I think that's absolutely key. It's demoralising. Obviously, that's not demoralising, but we've given on this podcast and whenever we spoke, all three of us and the other lads, Ben and Simon, Mickey and Bolland, have given Steve McLaren some stake. Like, but can you imagine how? Can you imagine that you know, less than twelve months ago, this football club was run where Steve McLaren would have to ask Lee Charlie's permission. It's like, like, what the actual yeah. fuck? Like, it just it makes you feel a bit stupid. That was supported a club where Lee Charnley told Steve McLaren, you know, Lee Charnley used his football, whatever, wherever this football opinion's come from, whether a player was worth signing or not. And it's just, obviously, you're always going to have to work with an MD or a director of football, whatever you want to call it, on, um, you know, on, on transfer fee, on wages. But for, for Lee Charnley to, to, I mean, I heard a good um, I forget who I hate doing this but I saw a good line on Twitter today and I forget I can't credit who, who said it so the, the big difference is when you know when, uh, when Loic Remy was here and every week people yeah. would ask Pardew are we going to sign Loic are we going to sign Remy he's class he's mint he's the best player are we going to sign Remy are we going to you know they basically were just wasting their time because he, he didn't know of course, of course Pardew wanted to sign Remy and forget about external factors whether the player or the agent there's just, just Pardew just didn't know no idea whether we were going to sign Remy or not that's changed completely we can take Benitez at his word Benitez, obviously Benitez has got more fan support behind him than any other probably any other manager in, in Newcastle's history apart from Bar Keegan um, and so you know he's got, he has a huge mandate uh, he also has immediate respect for anything he says so it's I don't know about you lads, but I've I signed up Newcastle TV before because I want to hear his press conference every week. I'm interested in what yeah. he's got to say. That that hasn't happened to me, I mean, since since Robson, possibly the early yeah. days of Sooness, if you push it. Um, because you just, you just don't care what Newcastle managers have to say because they don't get things right elsewhere in the club, not just on the pitch. You're not really interested. Uh, whereas, you know, there's going to be a, a positive clamour around Benitez and... I know Carver is a huge special case. Again, how how Charlie kept his job after that? Never mind getting relegated. Uh, I'll, I'll never know. But um, the, the fact that we've now got someone like like you're both saying there regarding transfers is just it's almost like a proper football club again, where the football people make the decisions. And it's not. I mean, the, it's quite damning. Recently, I, I was reading this Swiss Ramble blog on on Newcastle's finances and also. I mean, he does one on every uh, every club's finance as well. Worth a read if you haven't if you haven't read it. Um, he was doing one on Sunderland's perilous financial uh, situation, yeah. really bad. But he but he repeated the fact, and this is a well respected football journalist in, in his own blogger, um, that Lee Charnley was on 150 grand a year, and Margaret Byrne was on 775 or something. And it's just like yeah. this isn't a this isn't a football club. Do you know what I mean? Like. That that in its I mean like, I'm not going to start getting petty about uh, director salaries, but I think Sunderland had two other directors, non-executive directors, on the board who who didn't do anything, who were both on half a million quid. Now that that's bad in itself, but that's a that's a different model of, of running a football club terribly. But the, the club was seemingly run as a as a play not not even a plaything for Ashley and Charlie, but it was like putting a, a toddler in charge of the kindergarten and letting letting yeah. Charlie kind of this. Look like just f- having free 
run of a, of a football club for, from top to bottom. And what I don't understand from all of this is that Tony's going to take a step back, okay? So Tony's going to take a total step back from all football activities. That has to be passed on to Rafa Benitez. It makes you seriously question how, how many of his actual responsibilities has Tony been just not doing? Because presumably he's got stuff to do. He's not lost his job. Presumably there's stuff in the club and on the day-to-day running of it to do. Like, what was he doing before? And that, that and I say it worries me now. It shouldn't worry me. But... I think he's just a buffer, isn't he? I think he's just that first line of defence for Ashley in, in terms of PR. Like, we all criticise Charnley first now, not Ashley. Yeah, it's a good I point. I mean, Ashley's the problem, but Char- it was the same with Pardew, where Pardew was the mouthpiece of the regime. Yeah, you know, and that's why probably on the scheme of things, Pardew elicits more of an angry response to Carver or McLaren, even though he's probably a better manager than both. But he um, he fronted the regime, and I think you know that's what Charlie does. Charlie's Charlie's great for Ashley. He doesn't he doesn't pay him a lot, as you say. He doesn't have to do a lot now, but he is going to be there in the background, so Ashley doesn't have to directly expose himself. Well, I mean, what. I'll, I'll tell you one of these responsibilities, and again, it's almost a mystifying as to, as to whether this actually was one of Charlie's responsibilities. And in fact, it goes as far as saying that it wasn't, even though it should have been. This just this just shows how badly the clubs run. Newcastle's academy. Who who is in charge of Newcastle's academy? I know we've got Peter Beardy there, who was the coach. Who is in who is in charge? Who has been in charge in investing in that academy, paying a strategy for that for that for that academy? Creating a scouting strategy, putting people in charge of those positions. To me, from the outside looking in, the academy has been an absolute muddle of shit for years. It's just been like a kind of a. It's almost just felt like a bit of a, a, a rotten garden shed in the, in the in the at the back of the training ground that you know it just kind of just kind of kicks over and people. Peter Beardsley comes and asks Lee Charlie for a for a few quid to buy some to buy some new new pibs and Charlie asks for you know Beardsley to go and. Price, price them up. It, it just feels like it's been that kind of that that, that sort of setup. And it, this 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 is the this is the problem that I'd, I'd be interested to hear your your thoughts on this as well. Is that Lee Charney really, as far as his responsibility to be managing director, should have been getting he should have been at least getting involved or appointing people to 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 drive that to drive that side of the club forward. But everything that you've everything that you've heard, I've you've, you've, I've seen reports of um, over the past few months. Benitez apparently almost like dismayed at the state of the academy and I, I, I imagine similar feels to me where he's coming in and saying who's in charge here what's you know what where's the investment what's 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 the policy what's what's the plans moving forward why is the team doing so badly and and and, and really not having any answers because it's just been chucked chuck to the side and uh, you know I, I, it's just another thing that I just I just hope that Benitez has, has had that discussion as part of his negotiations about you know, what does the academy look like? What's going to happen with that? What, how can I help with that side of things? Well, I think it's the the, the due diligence on Benitez part has obviously taken quite a while. He said it himself; it would take a while. So I had absolute faith in him to leave no stone unturned. I really, I really do, and I agree with you there on the academy. And it it, it goes back a little bit to what we're saying about Charlie, because the answer to your question was probably Lee Charlie. He was probably in charge with his extensive yeah. wealth in the football. You know, his, his, his brilliant um, knowledge bank that he's got to fall back on of, of, of youth development and football. If he's if he was on 150k allegedly, 
And I know football's a bit different than most companies where the, the players earn a lot and you would expect a manager and the players and maybe some coaches to earn more than um, you know uh, various people at the top of football clubs. So maybe not. I think Edward Wood and the you know Karen Brady and people like that will be on you know millions of pounds a year. Um, how do you how do you pay an academy director for you know how do you get an academy director for less than Lee Charlie's salary? You probably wouldn't get one from League One. That's so that's been the problem with Lee Charlie being in it, you know being having some role in the football club. But um, George, I, I kind of get your views on this. Um, a little bit Richie's just touching it a little bit about the, the, the lengths Rafa will have gone to to make sure that he is absolutely satisfied with everything moving forwards do you think that is going to come on to stuff like the way the club conducts itself in terms of uh, PR um, the relationship with the fans do you think there's going to be a, a huge sea change or is the supporters trust going to be not banned or do you think Benitez A doesn't know or B isn't interested in how the club operates on a, on a higher level beyond the football pitch or do you think what Raf has really said listen this is going to be a whole, a whole new like you know way of operating this football club I think it's going to be that I mean I think the stuff with the media and the you know the they're not employing people in the positions that are needed and I mean the board I mean I still thinking about when you mentioned on a previous pod Alex about um, meeting Bob Moncur <laughs> and him saying that tactics aren't important yeah was that right yeah yeah, yeah told I me mean, tactics were told me that yeah, the, the best the best players won and John Carver was right that um, he was the best coach he just he just had rubbish players and that John should have been given the job yeah so I think Lee Charnley has lucked himself into this job, and then he's had those kind of opinions. Uh, and I, you know, he said sort of dinosaurs like Bob Moncur and Kinnear around him, and you know, just that's where he's got his information from. But I think to touch on the academy side of things, I don't, I don't recall in my lifetime ever thinking we have had a good academy. I think actually one of the criticisms le- levelled at Keegan was he didn't do much for the academy. I don't know if that's you pretty, 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 much, pretty, pretty, yeah. pretty much scrapped it. Yeah, that's what that's what I thought, but I, I wasn't. I didn't have the facts. So, yeah, I, I think so. We've never had this academy. So then, when Ashley's regime come in and Charlie or whatnot, I think they've probably just gone. Oh, how's it going, Peter? Just, just, just crack on. Like, do what you do. Yeah. They probably don't know that you know we could be like a Southampton. Because um, then we, you'd have you'd have the pull of the whole northeast, wouldn't you? No, no I mean, one's saying. Castle, with respect, like yeah. I agree with you, but with we don't. They don't need to be like Southampton. They just don't need to get fucking hammered every single game they play. Like how is losing six yeah. nil every week for, like, yeah. for a bunch of eighteen year olds doing them? And you may as well not play. They lose that often and that heavily, that regularly. They may as well just train. They're so bad at the embarrassment. Yeah, back to that thing of, you know, players like Shearer and Carrick, you know, players have gone through the net, you know, at the youth level. Yeah. But, you know, if you're a... And just a quick hello to the Sunderland fans listening, but (laughs) if you're a young lad um, playing football in the North East and, you know, as a bright talent and Middlesbrough... You know, Sunderland, Newcastle will try and sign him. Then, you know, looking at who's come through the system, you know, there's been more success probably in the other two. But if you now got Rafa Benitez and he's appointed 
maybe head of an aca- the academy and they come down and you know say look come and you can push the first team you know in a few years you know Rafa Benitez is here it's his club now you know we might start getting those players that have slipped through the cracks to, to, to come to the academy which I think has been the biggest problem it's not it's not the you know Vukic's and uh, Biggie Romanos and Curtis Goods coming through it's you want the you know the Shearers and Carricks and they must be out there it's just we don't have the platform oh yeah all the, all the Andy Carrolls yeah. you know like We'll, yeah. move, we'll move on from that. This has been an in-depth look into the Newcastle Academy, which I wasn't expecting to do, but it's been interesting. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll move on to the kind of the overall feeling uh, of of how the city and the fans across the world are, are feeling. I mean, Rob Smith was going to another long time listener of the podcast was 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 going to be on this week, but he couldn't make it. He's just been on, on in touch on Twitter saying Rafa signing is possibly one of the biggest moment in this club's history, and certainly the biggest showing of ambition from Ashley. Uh, Ashley. Um, Although he and Charlie had very little choice uh, regarding what Rafa would have wanted to do because of the potential farm backlash, I truly feel that we've got a little bit of our club back, knowing that some of the power and control has now been placed in a football man and a man who has the utmost respect and trust of the fans. Today, matches Shearer, Keegan, Robson, Owen, uh, the signing anyway, um, and our future is brighter than it has been for over a decade. Is that how how you're feeling, Richie? Is I know obviously we've we've touched on uh, the problems, which is good because it's it's you know it was it was just two weeks ago this 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 club this eighth best or seventh best supported club in Europe um, was demoted from the top tier disgracefully. But are you you know I, personally I can't wait for next season now. Do you think this is you know are, are you kind of feeling that? This is it. This is Newcastle United. We're going to be back, and we're going to be. We're going to be. It's going to be different. We're going to be top ten, top four, whatever the Premier League within three years. Ah, uh, absolutely. I mean, this is. Uh, I've kind of. I've, I've stayed quite quiet on social media since we got relegated. Compared to my usual, uh, my usual event, and then, uh, since we got because I've just wanted to kind of just take myself away from it for like a, a week or two and, and also just you know not get too caught up in the, the hype about when the when's Vita's going to be, be, be the manager it's not going to happen blah 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 I've just I've kind of remi- remained quite uh, peacefully confident all the way and, and uh, you know just kind of uh, didn't, didn't want to kind of go too, too overboard um, and, and in that period I've, I've sort of been thinking to myself ah, if, if Vita stays just makes us feel even more sickening how we're not in the Premier League where next season under Benitez we could have genuinely beat you know who knows what we could have done next next season with, with yeah. him in charge and, however in that period I've also been questioning myself saying would Benitez have been given the, the keys to the kingdom like he has now would Ashley and Charlie have, have had this big reality check and slice of humble pie to the point that it, it, it almost hopefully completely eliminates them going back on the way because they've, 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 they've faced the, 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 the biggest punishment of getting relegated um, will all of the fundamental problems of Newcastle genuinely be, be solved um, by just you know another season in, in, in the Premier League without without that kind of acceptance of uh, acceptance of errors and, and I'm, I'm bringing myself around to thinking Ah, relegation for all, I think it, it it's never it's never a good thing. No. In in the in the scheme of Newcastle United Football Club and where we are, 
it, it's given us that little bit of a clean slate, but not just a clean slate, but with an, one hell of a manager driving the club forward with ambition. You heard him talk in his press conference that it's all about getting promoted. He thinks that he still wants to win trophies with the with, with the club, um, and, I, and I just think I think Newcastle as a club in the Championship would hopefully winning a lot a lot more games than they usually do and, and, and have getting that feel good factor and that winning factor back could be invaluable for, you know, how we do in, in seasons moving forward and, and, and for you know just kind of reuniting the fan base a bit more, getting 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 the fans more connected with the club by, you know, the the the, the twats who've been uh, you know, fundamental problems taking a step back, getting themselves out of the limelight, letting Rafa have control and I just think that's that, that's a really good feeling to have. That that that, that, that could be what, what we're about to, what we're about to experience. So I think it's 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 pretty exciting times like and, and I'm just I, I like to say I'm, I'm I can't wait to see what Benitez is gonna do with the squad. I can't wait to see him just get you know, get like I, I remember last season sorry for rambling on a bit here, I remember last season we got McLaren in we didn't make our first signing until we were in with a pre-season training camp in bloody America and I was thinking what's going on here? Yeah. Like I was thinking the whole point I thought you know getting McLaren in early doors I was like we're gonna, he's going to get to work now we didn't we didn't get our first signing until we were over in America playing games I thought this, this, is, this, this, this is ridiculous with Benitez I've, I've got the impression that as of next week, he's going to be going after the players that he wants. He's going to be getting rid of the players that he doesn't he, want. He said it. In his, he said it in his press conference. which is, again, I love his work ethic. Um, he said as soon as the press conference finished, he'd be going to work. Aye. Uh, and, and, and another great thing that he did. I don't know if you've seen on Twitter. Again, this might be a little bit of PR stuff. The first thing he did in the press conference was go and uh, pop into the, uh, the Newcastle United supporters disabled uh, trust. We'll have like a party, and he popped in and, and showed his face there, and was shaking hands. It's a man who clearly, I think, knows that the club's got a a, a very bad PR issue, and, and he's he's he'll be saying this needs to change. He was doing a lot of praise of the media in his press conference as well, saying yeah. you know he's really thanked them for the backing. I think that's him recognizing that the the media he's, he's trying to pull the media out. This bloke just just gets it. He knows he knows what the problems are, and he's going to solve it. And I think it's it's it's, it's really exciting. Even even though we're in the championship, I think it's proper exciting. Totally agree with you. Um, before I come come to you, George, um, I think you're absolutely right on on every level, but particularly regarding um, the, the the feeling that next season could give the club. And you talk about winning, and I know you've said quite rightly that this squad just accepts defeat. They're, they're used to it. It's normal. And I know Norwich went down the season, but the the survival rate of promoted clubs in the Premier League has never been better. And that's because those squads, if they're kept together, come up, particularly the ones that gain automatic promotion, um, used to winning. They're used to closing out games. They know how to, I don't know, you know, they know how to come back from behind. They know how to go away from home and win. Things that this current crop of players just don't, they just don't know. I mean, how does... um, how does Perez or Mbemba know how to close a game out in the Premier League or pick up three points away from home? I mean, Perez has been here, what, two seasons and he's, he's, he's witnessed five Newcastle away wins out of um, 38 games? Like, it's, they just don't know how to do these things. And it's, it's that's uh, uh, what you're saying before relegation shouldn't be 
presented as anything else than an absolute failure, like you say, from everyone involved, pretty yeah. much apart from Benitez. Um, but it just it, it gives us it gives them that little bit more breathing space to build something special. Whereas I agree with you, what could have happened next year? But then next year, it's that pressure, isn't it? Of two or three bad games and you're close to relegation zone, and people are at year and saying, "Oh, well, did they make the right decision?" Or these signings, your signings have to hit the ground running more quickly because quality counts a lot more in the Premier League. You've got the you know you've got other things like the derby. You've got games against all these top teams, and you could in the Premier League, um, especially with with our small squad as it's been. Um, injuries tend to harm you a lot more than they do in the championship so listen I'm not trying to make the case for relegation but I, I just think long term it's not the end of the world for Benitez in, in terms of how far this club can be taken and my question to you George is where do you think Rafa Benitez sees Nicasi United at the end of his three year contract well I, I echo the sentiments that um, you know creating that winning mentality last time we were down we won games and what do we watch football for we watch it to kind of come away from the experience of having enjoyed it seeing our team clap well scoring goals I mean I miss goals I'm a Keegan it was all about goals yeah, yeah we'd concede three but we'd score four I'd, I'd, I'd have that you know I'd rather I'd rather go at a team and you know those great games against Liverpool were frustrating but they were exciting or you know we lost 4-3 I'd rather that than you know a nil-nil draw or something because it's, it's an experience it's a spectacle it's entertainment and I think we'll get a bit more of that and I don't think Rafa's going to it's not going to be Keegan it's not going to be the entertainment it's not going to be scoring loads it's going to be tight it's going to be disciplined it's compact as uh, the buzzword and I think we'll win games but it'll be so nice coming away from watching a game and, and walking away thinking yeah we won that a small point on the board who have we got next let's keep this run going and I think that's what it'll be I think we'll go to these places and I don't think, um, unlike, say, Pardew, where you go to a team that you should be beating and you, you're sort of complacent, you know, I think obviously the Cups more so, but I think Rafa takes us to, up to Burton Albion and he says, like, we're going to, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't treat it with disrespect. He doesn't think, oh, we'll win, we'll walk, we'll piss this, lads. He says, you know, let's set up like this. You know, he'll have, he'll have studied how they played their last game he'll approach it like an actual professional and then we'll see that on the pitch and I think we'll, we'll win we will win games I think we will come back up and I think the players who he's trusted to stay and who he's built a team around will then know you know they'll be a year on from this kind of rougher system that they can bring into the Premier League and you know garnish that with some more you know higher calibre players to come in who maybe you can't question you know Rafa will talk to them he'll know a bit about them and they you know, might be professionals. They might be, you know, a Rafa Premier League team. Say, if we've just won the championship, coming back up with a decent budget, you might be attracting. You know, would do you want to go to Stoke who finished eighth, or do you want to come to Newcastle who just been promoted? With Rafa Benitez as manager, I know what you know as a neutral, which I pick. Obviously, as a fan, I don't of course pick Newcastle, but <laughs> but I, I think I think what I was going to ask you lads is, would would you rather have scraped seventeenth? is David Moyes having come in say after the Chelsea game um, or would you rather have taken this relegation and today's news of Rafa signing I think I'd have the Rafa yeah me very too good, very good question but I'd, I'd probably have to agree with you I just I, I, I think for me I think for me it's, 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 it's just the bigger picture here it's, it's um, 
like I said before, I, I'm not even sure a manager like Moyes could potentially have commanded the respect of Ashley and Charlie and has the profile, the credentials, the experience, the ability to, to be able to, to sort Newcastle out on, on just on, on so much more than just the first team squad level. It's Newcastle have got have failed on every single level of their club um, for years and that's been accepted and I think as far as managers are concerned there's not many who have the ability to to, to sort things out every level than um, Benitez I mean Benitez in himself is he almost has the ability of not just being a manager he's like a director of football he's, he's He's, he, he, he's, you know, he's, he's a dog's bollocks. He is. He's, he's a world-class manager, and um, and, and I think uh, you know that that's that's key for me. It's it's the bigger picture with Newcastle and, and, and the change that that, that Benitez drives. Nice. I mean, aside from Arsene Wenger, I don't think there's probably a manager that comes to mind in football that's probably got going to have the kind of control that you know it looks like Rafa's going to be given. So I mean, that's that's. Obviously, I mean, it was the time when people like Ferguson, you know, had that level of control. And I think Wenger's probably the only one left. But I don't think, um, certainly clubs aren't looking to do that. Uh, they're not, like, bringing in these managers and saying you can have control of everything. It's not going that way. So it's kind of a throwback, really, that Rafa's being given this level of control. Yeah. What do you reckon, Alex? What do I reckon? Um, I, I agree with everything. I haven't got much to add, to be honest with you. I think you, you can't even... Uh, no disrespect to Dave Moyes because I think he's a good manager I think he'll he'll one day do very well in the Premier League again he's a top 10 manager in the Premier League but he is he doesn't come into the same stratosphere as Champions League winner Rafa Benitez and, and like, like you said George the, the clubs that that man has managed um, it's it, you know to, to have to have him at Newcastle United I, I don't want to talk about Sunderland or Sunderland fans we don't really do it that much on, on this podcast but um you can tell you can just tell from a mile off they're, they're furious other oh, I it's, it's a, yeah. this is a terrible day for the anti-Newcastle brigade, uh, brigade up and down the country it's a shocking day for for fans of, of smaller shitter clubs um, you know Vile come to mind you know you know. look at them next season man look just look at the amount I mean I know they've just been bought out but for, look at their team their stadium they don't have a manager. Um, David Moyes has apparently turned them down uh, today. Dimitri Mateo, I think, is going to be their manager. Yeah, oh, it's like just. It was a challenge to be fair. <laughs> right. say, yeah. It's a good point. Yeah. Um, but it's you know it's it's just it, it's such a big day for the city and the club and it's I hate I hate using phrases like this because you're born where you're born and you support who you support for whatever reason. It's not really a choice, is it? Uh, otherwise, we wouldn't have chosen Newcastle. <laughs> um, but th- this, this is this could be the biggest football club in the world, or, or up there in that conversation, like it used to be, and it should have been. If it wasn't for rank, that this is the thing about Newcastle, which other teams' fans just don't get right. If it wasn't for rank mismanagement, Newcastle United would be the biggest team in England, in my opinion, or have at least shared in that success. If they hadn't appointed Dalglish, if they hadn't let them sign all his mates who were 50 if they hadn't you know um, got rid of Robson or, 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 or if they hadn't decided not to spend any money at all 
in between seasons uh, 02, 03 and 03, 04 when we finished third in the league and we didn't spend any money on a player you know, you know whenever whenever pushes come to shove 11, 12 is the same finished fifth bought Vernon and Ida. when pushes come to shove in the last 15 years of Newcastle United whenever the club has been on the cusp of something magical the people in charge have got it wrong for the first yeah. time ever and, and you, you can look back to the appointment of Benitez 10 games ago but that was as uh, you know that was a desperation move um, for the first time in my lifetime pretty much the the people running the club they've got it right credit to them doesn't erase the past doesn't mean I, I, I you know want to forget about all the bad stuff but this this can be one of the biggest football clubs in the world and like Mick Martin said and uh, you know I hate to get into trust business again but the I'd love to see, and it'd be interesting to see what effect Benitez has on the planned sale of Strawberry Place by Mike Ashley, which yeah, is which yeah. is asset stripping. It's people are kind of unwilling to use these phrases, not because they have any affection for Mike Ashley, because he can't believe it happens to your football club. It's asset stripping. The money from that sale will not go into the bank account of Newcastle United. It will go to Mike Ashley. There's fifty-two thousand people there. Last game of of last season. I'm really hopeful of, of a lot more 52,000 sellers because I think we've got to do our bit now. I know, I know obviously you lads don't live local, but the, you know, I would severely hope people, you know, if you, if you look at the social media reaction, Newcastle will be full every week next season. I'm sure that's not the case. Um, yeah. People need to get to the matches, get behind the team. Um, but Newcastle could sell out an 80,000, 90,000 seat stadium. Like, I challenge anyone to prove me wrong. A successful, well run Newcastle United is bigger than Manchester City, is bigger than Chelsea, is Tottenham. bigger than Tottenham, it's bigger than West Ham, it's maybe even bigger than Liverpool, you know, in terms of, in terms of the draw of the size of the crowd. Really, um, Liverpool have, I know Liverpool have got a huge fan base around the world, far greater than Newcastle United's, but in terms of pulling fans in, in the local area week in, week out, I just think if Newcastle United were, win, were not even to win the league, to just to just be up there and run properly, we're bigger than all these clubs. Look at Man City, look, Man City can, can hardly sell a ground out, it doesn't matter who they're playing. Um, we are we are a bigger club than those than those than those teams there. And I, I don't have any beef with any of those clubs, by the way, it's not me trying to put anyone down or anything like that, but. Rafa Benitez is is, the, is a very very small step in realising the potential, and I, I honestly don't think there's another manager in world football who you know who, who's realistically going to take the job, who 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 would well, be, who, who would be up to the job of of, of re- rebuilding this club. Alex, I think you made. A, I, I was touching the point that I've made this week is which other world class manager would be prepared to take on this project. I honestly don't think there's another there's another manager in that world class bracket who would do it, and I think this this is what separates this bloke from the rest. He's not just he's not just going to take the next big job. He's not going to take the next job that gives him the Champions League and the, the biggest transfer budget. This is a bloke who genuinely gets it. He know he knows what Newcastle United is. He, he certainly knows what Newcastle United can be, and and you know all this fucking bollocks about. Uh, oh, what's he going to be like in the championship though <laughs> just literally just I mean however man it's just a pathetic pathetic statement it's it, this bloke has, 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 has won more on his little finger than any other manager in the champ- in all the managers in the championship put together this bloke will know how to manage in the championship and and, and, and th- this guy as well he knows like, everything that you just said there uh, Dodgy about the what Newcastle can be 
Benitez knows that, and, and I think, and I really hope that three-year contract is a lot longer than that. I, I genuinely hope that it's it, it almost is a little bit <laughs> a negative. Is the fact that it's only three years as contract when you think that fucking Pardew was getting eight-year <laughs> contracts and stuff. Um, but like you know, this is a uh, this is just I think just testament to the, to, 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 to the man who. You know, he, he sees this as, as 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 a project and one that he's he, he's ready to unlock. And he knows it. He knows if, if if this club gets going, if if a win in Newcastle United, he knows the the, the traction and the and the, the noise that we can make in the, in, in the country. Because uh, and and uh, and I, you know, as you said, I don't I don't know many of the managers in the world that that, that genuinely get that, but this club obviously does. Well, I I am I'm. I'm always wanting to knock on Pep Guardiola for um, taking kind of easy jobs. So you're talking about supposed world-class managers, and obviously the guy's gone from Barcelona to Bayern to Man City. So I mean, you talk about world-class managers. So that, that for me that rules him out because he's, I don't think he'd have the stomach for it. Mourinho, uh, I, I think Mourinho there's too much with the, the games and. So I, I really don't, I agree, I don't see a, a world-class manager who would come here that could be like he would be, and I think partly it's like you touched on, it's it, it's going to treat, every, he's not going to look at a team and think, oh, they're, they're nobody, we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll have a few days off before this game and we'll yeah. play the kids. He'll treat every game like uh, three points, that's how we're looking. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's, that's going to be, that's going to be class. I think yes it um, is <laughs> Lance we're going to leave it there because we've been talking a while um, and there is two other interviews I have to do with other lads on this podcast um, so thanks very much for your time and I've no doubt uh, we'll be speaking to you again in the near future cheers 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 for having us So I'm joined on the line now by a uh, long-time listener and uh, sometimes contributor Marcus Shearer to the show, who's going to discuss the fantastic news today. Uh, hi, Marcus, you all right? Uh, not too bad. So we may as well dive straight in. Rafa Benitez, who was managing Real Madrid in this calendar year, uh, is now full-time Newcastle United manager in uh, Division 1. How do you feel about it? Now, um, you know, we've finally got 
uh, well, a world-class manager, uh, a world-class manager that's just proven that the, the size of Newcastle United, uh, regardless of the division it's in, still has that pull uh, to, to bring in uh, all sorts of culprits if they just, you know, put their minds to it instead of just constantly taking the cheap option. So, you know, to have, to have someone like Benitez, you know, it's, it's unfathomable, isn't it? You, you just you wouldn't have imagined it at any point, so I'm just incredibly excited for next season, really looking forward to it. I think a lot of Newcastle fans, or all Newcastle fans, were in exactly the same boat. What the, the only thing which is was is more unrealistic than Benitez, you know, managing Newcastle in the Championship is him taking the job in the first place. Um, yeah. The the fact that he, he obviously he took the job and will have been given short term guarantees, given a break clause, um, but he won't have known the people he was working with. He wouldn't have known Lee Chong. He wouldn't have known Mike Ashley or Graham Carr. Or, Bob Monker or whoever else works at the club or you won't have seen the club's training facilities you won't have seen a lot of the players uh, first hand and for him to come in and see that pile of steaming poo <laughs> and, and still and still think himself you know what if I get what I need I can sort this out um, is a really good sign so my next question to you would be how much do you think this tells us uh, about the, the direction the club plans to go in. Do you think it's? Uh, uh, you know, do you think there's changes in the air from Charlie, from Ashley, from from everybody for, for Benitez to take this job? I think, given um, a how long it's taken to sort out these negotiations, and b uh, the details of the contract, it, it finally proves what they have done uh, is wrong. Their format um, doesn't work. It didn't work. It won't work, and it's proven that it can't work. Uh, by the virtue of hiring the wrong man in, Steve McLaren, last summer, who, regardless, we still, for the majority, still backs just to get behind a new manager. Uh, but now, what, what the club seems to be doing is what the majority of other clubs just tend to do. This is just, this is the normality uh, at, in, at its very sort of basic core. We have a manager in who, you know, shock horror, has control over transfers and was to bring in his own players. It, it, it shouldn't be that much to ask for, uh, to, to you know, manage a football club, but at Newcastle under Mike Ashley it is. So to finally have that established and to finally sort of see him not entirely give in, but just give a bit more leeway uh, to uh, an incoming manager, it's just, I think it's just a relief that we've been looking for under Mike Ashley for the past X amount of years, because, you know, again, under Mike Ashley, you know, a lot of people um, have always maintained it doesn't have to be the way it has been under him. It doesn't have to be about throwing up sports direct signs everywhere and free advertising and buying cheap and selling on expensive. It's just his regime, but it doesn't have to be like that. Uh, and he's proven it now by bringing in uh, this world-class manager. And that's not even from listening to the fans, because none of us called for you know, Benitez to come in A, last summer, or B, after McLaren would be sacked and we wouldn't have even thought about it it wouldn't have crossed our minds but that's just the pull uh, of Newcastle as a whole and just still even in the championship still in my opinion still being the uh, largest club in the North East While you're just talking there Marcus it's 6.41 obviously on Wednesday the club have just officially announced the deal uh, for the first time so that's good news it's actually gone through 100% done deal Get uh, in! Uh, unbelievable! Oh, I can't believe it. Right, I'm gonna have to start looking at season tickets. 
Yeah, that, honestly. That's yeah. the sort of pull this man has. Where do you, that, where do you, of, where do you live, Marcus? So that's, just, that's the pull this man has. You know, just from from one appointment, it can completely turn uh, a fan's mind in an instant. Uh, you know, to want to to want to go see your football club again, to want to contribute to to the club. Uh, financially, I know so many people that have chosen to sort of walk away, and it's such a horrible, difficult decision. But when you feel like you know you're, you're being sort of conned out of uh, a, a good time, uh, essentially, you feel like you have no other choice. But something like this, whether it's league, Championship, League Two, or Premier League, to have someone like that at the helm just it gives you belief, it gives you joy, it, it gives you hope again. Definitely, this is what Rafa's had to say according to the, the club's official website. There is a po- uh, podcast, this is a podcast, there is a press conference coming up in about 15 minutes, which um, hopefully we'll get on the show as well later on. This is what Benitez is to say, the love I could feel from the fans was a big influence for me in my decision to stay, as was my relationship with Lee Charlie and all the staff. This is a huge club, and I want to be part of the great future I can see for Newcastle United. Um, obviously he's touching again on the fans there, I was at the Spurs game. And it was, you know, even for us, even for Newcastle, forget about the 52,000 people turning up. That, that, that even 40,000 would turn up at Newcastle would be a, a huge achievement considering the way the club's been run and the relative success over the past 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Um, but it's not just about the, the 50,000, it's the fact that that day, a good non stop 50 minutes from kickoff until the first goal went in, really, of the Rafa Benitez song. And it's. I don't think he's bullshitting. I think he genuinely is only here because of the fans and the size of the club. I think if he was at a club where with ten thousand empty seats every game, where you know Chelsea and Napoli fans never really took to him, Real Madrid yeah. fans didn't really take to him, and that feeling of love, I think our role in it isn't finished yet. Whatever that happens next season, I mean, I'm, I'll say it now. I, I think it's more likely Newcastle win every single game than don't get promoted. <laughs> Yeah, I'd get down the bookies myself personally and look at odds for uh, 46 consecutive clean sheets, to be honest with you. But uh, it's, you know, the fans, the fact that he wants us to buy back into the club, like you just, so, you know, you said very well there, that it's it's a two way relationship with him and Benitez. And I know McLaren kind of tried to do that. Pardew wasn't really about that. Um, but but, But Benitez. Is, is every time he speaks to the media, he's he's trying to get the message across to the fans, saying this is a two-way relationship. I'm here because of you. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of you are here now because of me. Let's make it work. And I think I don't think I'm trying to rack my brains of any other Premier League club where Klopp, sorry, Klopp is is clearly uh, yeah. coming out with the same kind of rhetoric at at Liverpool. But it's it's so rare to see these days. And in fact, most Premier League managers kind of without without trying to make it too obvious or kind of. You know, have a lot of disdain for their fans because of the pressure they're under, expectations. The lowers talk about managing expectation. I haven't heard Rafa Benitez once talk about managing expectation. I haven't heard him once talk about trying to make excuses or say something was someone else's fault. He, not once has he said that Steve McLaren was to blame for relegation or that. You know, I if think I, anything, he, he said the opposite, didn't he? He actually sort of highly praised him as a coach and said he felt sorry for him that it didn't work out uh, the way he wanted it. So when he when Benitez initially came in, so where do you see on the back of all this and what what Benitez is saying, Marcus? Where do you uh, see Newcastle United not just finishing next season, but where do you see Newcastle United in three years' time at the end of this current contract? Oh, I, 
just from watching uh, Newcastle in the past 10 games, I can see from the way they set up, they, they start from the back and everything's very sort of solid and well sort of drilled defensively. And when you drop into the championship, and this is no disrespect to that level of players, but we saw it when the likes of Bournemouth came up. And uh, I remember example on match of the day last season for Callum Wilson. I think he was taking a shot against Sunderland. And they're talking about how he'd take an extra three or four seconds uh, to line up a shot and then uh, miss or have it saved or just run out of time. That is going to be absolutely eaten up uh, under a Benitez team. And just like, that's not going to be an issue at any point. I see them... I don't want to sound too arrogant, but under Benitez, I can just see Newcastle, you know, bringing in the right players and just walking that championship. Absolutely, just walking it from start to finish. The the, the biggest challenges for them will probably be the sort of uh, smaller ground away days. The likes of your, no, no disrespect to them, but your Burton Albions and your Rotherhams and, and such, which will still be good fun. But it's it's getting around those and just sort of dealing with the sort of hostility that they might bring because all these championship teams are going to up their game not just for Newcastle United, which they would have initially, but for Rafa Benitez as well, because that's a huge scalp, you know, I got a win over Rafa Benitez, but I can still see them going straight back up, and just soaring up the table, even if going into the next season, should all the, uh, everything be in place in his contract, to invest again next summer, and then to, uh, in all honesty, push uh, onwards from top eight, uh, and then the year after that, uh, regularly pushing for Europe because that's what Benitez demands that's the level that Benitez wants to work at so and as he said you know he sees this club as uh, a project and he, he feels the love of it and as he stated earlier when he went to like Chelsea and Napoli it, they, they never really took to him uh, Real Madrid as well at Newcastle he probably feels the same sort of relationship with the fans as he did in his days at Liverpool and when he feels that then he wants to work hard for it I agree totally with what you say um, I'll take it a step further I think in the next three years or soon after that I think Rafa Benitez would only have taken this job if he thought this club was capable of challenging for the Premier League title I know that's a bold phrase doesn't mean Rafa Benitez thinks that Newcastle or I think Newcastle could win the league in the next five years the Premier League but I think he wouldn't have taken this job um, if he didn't think that the, the you know the calibre of manager that he is uh, yeah. that, that that Newcastle couldn't at least um, you know rub shoulders uh, with with clubs who who are smaller than us in a lot of ways, um, the and and some of that are bigger than us. I think he genuinely believes in this club and this project, and that's the most exciting thing. And Mick Martin, true faith edit, has always been very clear um, about Benitez, and, and the best thing about Benitez is that he doesn't need this. He's chosen to do this. McLaren needed this job. He needed it. Yeah. That's why he took the job under the ridiculous conditions in which he was made to work, uh, with basically Lee Charlie being his director of football. Um, yeah. And the fact that Benitez could have just walked away so easily from this is the best possible uh, thing, in my opinion, about, about all this. And we're now, like you said at the start of this conversation, we're now have genuine optimism going into a football season. And that's what it's supposed to be about. Uh, it doesn't matter what size club you are. You could be Rotherham, like you say, and Rotherham probably be happy to stay up in the championship next season. Still be optimistic about the season. We haven't gone up, gone into a season in ten years with any real optimism for the reasons that you went into. So I'm 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 really really happy tonight. And it's a bit weird. I don't know how you feel about this, Marcus. But normally I'm absolutely buzzing for the European Championships, like or the World Cup. For me, get it out of the way. <laughs> Let's get the August 
August it's August the sixth, whatever the date is. I just that's, yeah. that's the date I'm interested now. It's like June twenty second, something like that, when the championship fixtures or something like that come out. I'm looking for Burton Albion away straight away because that's just going to be right last. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, oh, there's plenty. There's plenty to go on. But um, quick, a quick, um, quick question for you. When do you think the earliest possible point that Rafa would actually challenge for a cup? Next season, I have, I have no doubt. Next season, in my opinion. What in the, in the championship? In the championship, get you know, Exclu- excluding the championship title. <laughs> yeah, or the, or the playoff, <laughs> the playoff cup, yeah. which they get. Um, yeah, next season, I, I don't see why not. There's plenty of other championship clubs have got the semi-finals, even finals in the past ten years. So yeah, so why not? Look at the likes of Bradford and. Uh, and, and ilk of things like that, or Millwall, not uh, ten years ago, twelve look, years ago. Look at look at Palace. Wasn't Palace finished 16th in the league? Yeah. What what is the difference between the top of the championship and the bottom of the Premier League? Well, it's not a lot. It, it's, it's significantly closing, especially when you look at the likes of Bile. Yeah. Uh, you know who are just going to drop like a stone, even with this new management coming in. It's it's just uh, in fact going on your point about looking for challenge for the Premier League. Uh, I know, I know a lot of Sunderland fans that listen. Hi, hi guys, how you doing? Uh, oh. When they, uh, they'll probably think it's delirious talk to talk about sort of challenging for the Premier League in three to five years' time or whatever it may be. But the reality is, the, the gap of you know of competition with new money coming in and the, the stories of Leicester and the likes, it, it's closing. It's closing dramatically, and uh, unfortunately, in my opinion, the quality of the Premier League is declining as well. But by the same token, that gives more opportunity to some of the "quote unquote" lesser clubs to, uh, you know, climb the table and have, you know, set their own ambitions higher. So why can't Newcastle come straight back up uh, and challenge for not just top ten? Why can't it be top six, top four? Why can't they do what you know Keegan did twenty odd years ago? Come straight up and you know finish within the top five and then push on from there. Yeah, I totally agree. And um, anyone who thinks that that's deluded, then I, I feel sorry for them. Um, like you said not just hello to Sunderland fans always Mark I remember Sunderland Football Club themselves are, are big listeners of this podcast oh hi guys uh, how you doing yeah so a pleasure I don't, I don't know whether they've listened this far in because I, I don't know whether they do any kind of audio searches for the word Sunderland um, <laughs> during the podcast but uh, excuse I, me I, <laughs> sorry I, I totally agree with you um, I think we'll wrap, we'll wrap this one up here so thanks very much for your time and I'm sure we'll, we'll be hearing plenty for, more from you next season class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.